if we state our purpose, ask for a little permission, make it specific, and then offer solutions. So not just putting what I call the monkey on the on the boss's back, but to really also offer you know thoughts about what we can do to make this better going forward. That's how I have approached giving feedback up the chain, and, and it's worked pretty successfully. Welcome to Management Development Unlocked, where you will learn how to nurture a world-class management team. And now your host, Eric Gerard. Welcome to another episode of Management Development Unlocked. I am really glad you're here. While you still have your device in your hand, I'd like to ask three favors. Number one, please subscribe to the show. Number two, please share the show with just one other person. And three, go to Gerard Training Solutions and download my free ebook on becoming a manager. Today, I have Casey Walters with me. Casey, welcome to the show. Who are you and what do you do? Thanks, Eric. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, I have, I've spent my career really equipping and developing managers and leaders within organizations. So helping them develop the skills they need to be successful, helping them form their teams, mentor their teams, develop their teams, and and provide feedback and and performance support for their teams as well. I do this now presently on my own. So I work with companies to really stand up processes and programs to help managers be successful within their organizations. Awesome. And so you, you are an independent, a solopreneur? I am. I'm just getting started along that path. But yes, I am as of probably a couple of weeks ago, actually. So yes, very excited about it. All right, great. Well, if you want to talk about that, I'd be happy to, to trade ideas because I've been in business now just over two years and have learnings nice. to share. Oh, I would love to hear all about that for all sure. Right. Okay. Any advice is good advice. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I've, I've got a couple of doozies for you. Mm. <laughs> But sticking to the topic of the show for today, I actually do have a previous episode where I did talk about what it was like to go into business. So that's something to consider. But for today's show, we're going to talk about feedback, uh, which which is your main topic area. And so let's start at the top of the funnel with why do we need to deliver feedback, especially as new managers? Why is feedback so important? Feedback is important for, for so many reasons, not least of which, Eric, I would say is that people really want feedback. It is the number one best personal way to actually grow and develop is to get feedback about your performance. And I think, you know, as a new manager, this is probably one of those areas that is newest to you kind of moving into people management. Feedback does not come naturally to us necessarily. It's just not something that people love doing. In fact, sometimes people are are rather scared of it, quite frankly, or, or trepidatious to give it. But I think in order for managers to build relationships with their employees, build trusted environments with their employees, and, and truly, I think people today especially are expecting you know, the ability to grow and develop with whatever company or organization that they're working with. And the manager's role is absolutely critical to that. I completely agree. I think that that feedback is super important as an employee to receive to get better. And as a manager, you need to be skilled at giving it to build your employees up. And yet you brought something up that I thought was interesting, which is feedback is scary. And Mm -hmm. speaking for myself, I can say when I have to give constructive feedback, I get nervous about it. 
I love the word you use, trepidatious. That's a that's a good one. I'm going to keep that in my vocabulary. <laughs> but why is providing feedback so scary for folks? I think there's there's a couple of reasons that it can be so scary. I mean, one certainly, I just don't think we're we're wired that way. <laughs> we're just not wired to to give feedback. Two. I think oftentimes that word feedback conjures the negative, right? We, we think it has to be negative. We think that it must be, ooh, someone did something wrong. We need to correct a behavior. We need to get someone on a path to improvement. When really feedback certainly can be critical in nature, but it can also be very positive. So we, we should think about feedback as also including praise. I mean, what someone did really well that you'd like them to continue doing. So I think we, we think of it kind of negatively usually. And quite frankly, we're just, we're not sure how someone might react. And I find most people are open to feedback, but I'm sure we all have stories where perhaps someone wasn't all that receptive to, to feedback. So we're afraid of that conflict, right? We, we don't want the conflict we're not sure how someone's going to react. And for some of us, and this isn't all of us, but I will say I sometimes suffer from the people pleaser syndrome. And so, you know, I might think, well, someone may not really like me anymore or want to work with me anymore. And so it can go all the way, you know, to that end of the spectrum. But I think we just, we find that it it's fairly negative in our brains and we're just unsure how someone might take that kind of bad news, if you will. And, and that's what makes us really, I think, afraid of, of, of diving into it. Yeah, I like how you, you mentioned how we as the feedback giver might be afraid of how we might be perceived. Yes. That they're not going to like me anymore, sort of a thing. I mean, speaking <laughs> for myself, that's a big one. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want people to be mad at me. Right. <laughs> and I love how you said that, you know, feedback is not always negative, mm -hmm. that you can provide praise in a, in a feedback format. And I teach that in my management classes. I teach how to provide praise. And I teach the model. I use the SBI model for feedback. And I teach, you know, how can you use the model to provide praise first? And I kind of warm the crowd up with that. And then we flip it around and say, okay, now you've got somebody with a performance problem. How are you right. going to provide constructive feedback? Well, mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about the mechanics of it. How mm -hmm. can I deliver effective feedback? Do you have a favorite model? You know, I don't, I don't have a model, but I do have tenants that I, I always go to for feedback. One is that, and, and truly, this is where maybe being just authentic, as, as authentic as possible, is that it is intended to be helpful. Our mindset when we're giving feedback, whether it's critical or whether it's positive, we need to be in that mindset of being helpful. And that is the reason that we're here. It's the reason we're having the conversation. I just find getting into that mindset helps direct the conversation in a positive direction, no matter what the feedback is. And it needs to be timely. This is where, you know, annual performance review cycle, if, if we've all been a part of that, you know, we tend to store up all these <laughs> you know, bits of feedback till the end of the year to say, hey, remember back in July when you did? No, probably not, right? I mean, I don't remember what I did two weeks ago, let alone back in July. So to make sure that it's timely and specific, I think this is where most of us get tripped up and, and where I find taking notes, writing it down, even writing down what you're going to say. There's nothing wrong with that. It keeps you focused during the conversation. But it's really the specificity that helps people connect to it and understand. And that includes being 
positive and giving praise as well, instead of just saying, hey, you really, you really nailed that presentation. Well, that feels good to hear that. But what specifically did I do, you know, that that you feel was was so great, because then I will know what to continue doing. And the same is true on the critical side. And we must always think about behaviors, facts. This isn't emotional. It certainly isn't personal. So we need to make sure that we're focusing on those things. I also, Eric, believe in being direct too. I, I know we, we've, we've probably talked about and maybe some people have you know heard of that Oreo cookie approach and you alluded to it a little bit of say something positive, then wedge in you know the critical and then end on something positive. I feel that messages can get mixed if, if we use that Oreo cookie method. And, and it's really just to be direct, not mean, <laughs> but direct and empathetic. And I also believe in having it be two way. So asking the person to what did they think? How do they think they did during the presentation or working with the client or whatever the example is? And therefore, it can become more of a conversation than just a one way, you know, delivery of information. So those are kind of my tenants, if you will, for for giving feedbacks. You know, I agree with you. And I just received some feedback last week where the feedback giver dug back into something that had happened in January and said, you know, by the way, you you did this, you said this, and you said this, starting back in January. So oh, there are nice. like three or four. So it was specific. I knew exactly what, what they were talking about. But, you know, after I'd had a chance to digest the feedback, I circled back around and said, hey, just in the future, if something comes up, let's deal with it then, yes. you know, and not have it fester for weeks or months. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love the idea of, of not sandwiching feedback, not not giving the, the good, bad, and then good. Some people call it a different kind of sandwich that I won't repeat yeah. on the air. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but there's that. And then, you know, one of the things you talked about with asking questions, I call that coaching feedback coaching. Yes. So asking a question at the beginning, how do you think you did? How do you think things are going? Yes. And letting the person answer for you. And that sort of helps guide your feedback a little bit. You know, if, 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 if you know there's a problem with the, the TPS reports and you ask, hey, how do, you think, how do you think the TPS report is going? And they come back and say, it's going great. Well, then you're going to have a different conversation during the feedback portion yes. than if they say, you know what, I'm having challenges. Yes. So, yeah, it's going to be much different. So what does bad feedback look like? We've, we've alluded to some of it, but, but go deep on that one. Now, what does bad feedback look like? I do think bad feedback is is vague feedback. I, I really do think of, of all those tenants I mentioned, specificity, well, timeliness also matters as well, but, the, but getting specific about the behaviors that you witnessed that were, again, awesome or maybe need some improvement, I think giving vague feedback doesn't help anybody. And that can look like, again, you, great job on that presentation, Okay. <laughs> or I guess on the other side, in terms of negative, it's just like, boy, I think you kind of missed the mark on that proposal. Okay. Well, that's, that's not good to hear. And, and you have no idea what to work on, you know, from a behavior perspective, a skill perspective, a knowledge perspective, whatever it is that you think someone needs to do differently, that truly does not give them the opportunity to, to focus on any action, which I do think out of any feedback should come action. I, I think, you know, and that's where a manager can really, you know, work with their employee and say, okay, so 
back to your thought, Eric, about asking questions, you know, I asking questions at the end of discussing whatever that piece of feedback is, is okay. So what, what can we do differently going forward? How can I help you as a manager? We should be asking, how can I help you get better, improve, develop, whatever, you know, the outcome is. So I think being specific, but then driving towards some sort of action. If you don't do those two things, I think feedback falls very, very flat. I completely agree. There's there's nothing worse than vague, personal, ah, right? Kind of not helpful. Not helpful. Not helpful. Yeah, I love just the mindset. One of your tenets is, you know, we're here to be helpful. Yes. And if we keep that in mind, that'll steer us pretty well, which is which is really nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Next comes the how can I questions, and I've got three for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna mm-hmm. bundle them, and you can answer them any way you want. Okay. But. I, I like to teach people that you've got three different constituencies in your life as a as a manager. You've got your employees, mm-hmm. you've got your peers, and you've got your boss. So how can I provide feedback to these constituencies? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've been talking a little bit about teams already and, and how you can give feedback to the people who report to you directly. And that is, you know, ensuring that you're having timely conversations. They don't need to be long, but making them really more coaching conversations. To your point, Eric, about opening with a question, gosh, how do you think you did? And if they say, well, I think I kind of tripped here and there, then you can ask, well, why, why, you know, why did you struggle or why do you think that happened? What would you change differently, you know, in the future? And that can usually lead you to good action planning through that feedback conversation. But I do think when it comes to peers and especially those above us, um, I think we might be more guarded, you know, in terms of feedback. And I, I think as a peer, I mean, I've certainly done this and I've had people ask me for feedback. I think there, there's nothing wrong with asking for feedback. In fact, I would encourage everybody, no matter what your level, especially if you are a new manager, to be asking for feedback as well on, on your performance. But I think with peers, it's and even with a little bit of those above you, there's a little bit of kind of asking for permission in a way. I mean, it, it's um, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, gosh, you know, I, I, I saw you did a great presentation. Are you, are you open for, you know, to receive a little bit of feedback? And if someone says no, okay, <laughs> I suppose you could drop it. But most people will say, sure, yes. And then with peers, especially, you can say what you've observed. You can also, I would say, own it a little bit and say, I had the same situation happen to me, you know, six months ago, six years ago, whatever the case may be. And here's what I found helpful in getting through that situation. That kind of relating to your peer is is a really helpful way to deliver feedback. When it comes to delivering feedback to, you know, upwards, if you will, to to your boss and, and those above you, I will admit this is the situation most people are, well, the most nervous about. But if something really isn't working, again, if we have that helpful mindset, that is that is the whole point of delivering this feedback. I would absolutely state my purpose very clearly to say, look, you know, I... Susan, whoever, you know, I really, you know, want to be able to talk about a certain situation with you. 
are you okay if we have that conversation? So you, you're stating your purpose, you're asking for permission a little bit. And if she, if she says no, okay. But if she says yes, then again, I, I think the tenets apply and you're very timely. So you don't wait six months because nobody's going to remember six months later. And you're also very specific. You know, I feel like we used to meet every week and now I feel like we're only connecting, you know, every month. And, and here's how that's impacting my work. And here's what I think we can do about it, or here's how what I think I can do to help out in this scenario. So if we state our purpose, ask for a little permission, make it specific, and then offer solutions. So not just putting what I call the monkey on the on the boss's back, but to really also offer, you know, thoughts about what we can do to make this better going forward. That's how I have approached giving feedback up the chain and, and it's worked pretty successfully. I think that's excellent advice. And you reminded me of a couple of mm. publications that, that I really, really like that I'll bet you'd be familiar with. The first is Crucial Conversations. Love that book and that training course. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm certified in almost everything that, that Crucial Learning does. And nice. I've been, been certified in Crucial Conversations forever. So would really encourage folks to read the book. You can find it on Amazon. It's an easy read. Good, good stuff. The second is HBR, Harvard Business Review, has an article that's been reprinted at least once that I know of. It, it came out in 1974, I think, and then was reprinted in the 90s. And it's called Who's Got the Monkey? Ah, yes. uh, You know that article? I do. I yeah. am familiar, yes. <laughs> so that's something that you can get if you, if you go to HBR's website, you can search for it and download it without having a subscription. And that's got some really good management truths in it about delegation and whose problem the problem really is sort yes. of a thing. Yes. Good, good stuff. So I encourage you to, to take a look at those two things as well. Mm. Well, Casey, do you have a product or a service you'd like to plug? Yes, I, I actually have a, a couple of things. So I do write a weekly blog. And you talked about kind of addressing three different audiences. And this is how I, I write the blog. I, I take a topic and I write about it in terms of how you can manage this for yourself, your team, and your boss. And that's available on Substack. So the URL is caseywalters.substack.com. And again, it's weekly. It comes out Sunday mornings and can come right to your inbox if you sign up and subscribe for it. It's free. As well as I published a book last year called Succeed from the Middle. It is targeted toward middle managers, again, with that same framework, looking after feedback, career development, time management, and stress and pressure as it relates to yourself as a manager, your team, and your boss. So a lot of, a lot of tips and tricks and stories within that book, and that is available on Amazon as well. Awesome. And we need to talk offline because I'm writing a book. And Fantastic. I'm seriously leaning towards self-publishing through Amazon. Mm -hmm. Is that how you did it? I see you nodding. Is that is how I did it. Yes. Okay. And I, uh, I had a book coach. Everybody has a coach. I mean, even those of us who have been around a while, I needed someone to hold me accountable and, and help, me, help me through the process because self-publishing was very new to me. But I have learned a lot through that process and, and really enjoyed going that direction. Yeah. Well, if you'd be open to it, I'd love to pick your brains yeah. a little bit on how Absolutely. you got it actually actually delivered it. Yeah. My manuscript is out with a few folks for review. Okay. Yeah. But you know, in terms of actually getting it across the finish line and getting it into the hands yeah. of many people, that's yeah. that's the next thing. 
Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a few questions I call the lightning round. Ooh, okay. uh, this is where I, I ask you some slightly personal questions, nothing too personal, but just it gives gives us a chance to get to know you a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Are you game? Sure. Okay. Yes, I am. All right. First question. If you could sit in my seat and interview anybody you want, who would it be and why? Oh, boy. What a great question. I'll tell you, I would interview one of my absolute all-time favorite authors and thought leaders, Brené Brown. Mm-hmm. I literally, and I still, I mean, I have a Kindle, but I still have paper books on shelves. So I have, I want to say all of her books. Mm-hmm. They have just helped me tremendously through self-awareness and self-growth, which I believe anybody in the professional world should you know, should spend some attention on. So she is, she would absolutely be number one on my list. Yeah. She's amazing. She's one yep. of my heroes for sure. Yep. Uh, Brene, if you're listening, yeah. we, think, <laughs> we think you're awesome. Yes. <laughs> Big fan. Next question. What's your favorite vacation spot and why? My favorite vacation spot is well, we, we just went to Maui not too long ago, and I have to mm. say that uh, <laughs> that ranked right up there with many places that I have been, but just beautiful scenery, relaxing, didn't feel compelled to be on the go. So it just, you know, the hardest decision was, do you sit by the pool or do you sit on the beach? <laughs> and that's, mm. That is what I like in a vacation, is the ability to kind of recharge and, and rest and relax. Yeah. Whereabouts in Maui were you? In the Kahanapali area. Nice. Yeah. On the west side. Yeah. We were there a few years ago and my buddy and I dove, we're we're scuba divers. We dove the Molokini Crater and it was just fantastic. Oh, nice. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff. Very cool. Definitely going back to Maui one day soon. Yes. (laughs) Sticking with the travel theme. Yeah. Where would you most like to travel aside from Maui? Oh, well- Everywhere. I, I've been fortunate to travel abroad several times, but I've been to Africa, I've been to Europe, but I've never been to Asia, not anywhere in Asia. And I would love the ability to go to, you know, either Seoul or Tokyo, possibly Shanghai. So I, I think that would be fascinating to to visit that part of the world. Tokyo is amazing. It's yeah. it's more fun if you've got a guide. Ah. Yeah. It's it's a little hard to get around. Okay. If you, if you don't fluently speak and read Japanese, mm-hmm. but if you've got a guide who can take you to, to all the cool places, mm-hmm. yeah, get, get to I'd, rub- I'd love to go. My sister-in-law is Korean, so she and my brother have been to Seoul many times, but I've just, I've never been anywhere in the Asia region. So would love wow. to go. Yeah. Cool. And my last question for you, what brings you the most joy in your life? I mean, I, I really do have to say, you know, my husband and our lab, Max, he gives unconditional love. And that is a beautiful thing. He uh, He's my comfort dog for sure. So when things go wrong, you know, a hug from a from a dog is, is a good thing. They they do bring me great joy within my personal life. And, and professionally, I would say for me, it's it's helping managers be effective and it's helping people find their career direction and their career path and making, you know, finding that it for them, I think professionally really does light me up as well. Nice. Yeah. My family, I have twin 14 year old daughters. So my my family are on me about getting a pet and I'm like, we travel too much. It's not fair to the animal. And you know, they're really challenge. Yeah. 
if we were to get a pet, I'd I'd go for like a mid-sized mutt dog. Good they call. really want a they really want a cat. I, oh. I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I love cats, but my husband's allergic. I would have one of each if that weren't the case. No, I I love my lab Max, but he's uh, eighty eight pounds, and uh, you know he's he's a big he's a big boy. <laughs> so mid size is is good size for a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Does he still think he's a lap dog? Um, he doesn't get on the lap, but he's he's a strange one because he loves hugs. Most dogs mm. don't like to be hugged. They're they you know that makes them anxious, but not not my dog. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> takes tons of affection. Yep. Labs are awesome. I like yeah, Labs. Yeah, he's really a good dog. Yeah. Great. Well, Casey, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. How can people find you? They can find me through my website, which is caseywalters.com. Or if you're on LinkedIn, you can also kind of message me through LinkedIn. I'm, I'm on that platform a lot and can be found there just with my name very simply, or you can email me at caseyjune at gmail.com. Many ways to get a hold of me. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Well, thanks for listening. Please subscribe, comment, share, and connect with me on LinkedIn. Catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Management Development Unlocked. Want more? Get a ton of insider tips and tools at gerardtrainingsolutions.com. Solutions.com.